0: Hey Seacasters, I'm your host Chrissy Swidley and welcome to Yo! Balance Co. We'll be talking about everything to do with health, fitness, well-being and the power of your thoughts and the mind. So listen up, tune in and let's grow together. Hello, Sea casters and welcome to another episode. So in this episode, I actually interviewed Bridget Hunt. So she's a clinical nutritionist, and this episode is so interesting. She talked about the science behind the gut, and we spoke everything to do with IBS and what to avoid and what to have more on. Super interesting. Make sure you guys listen up and tune in. Hello, Bridgie, and welcome to Your Balance Co. Ooh, thanks so much for having me. I'm so, excited to be on. Yeah, so exciting. So tell listeners a bit about yourself.
1: Um, so my first name is Bridget. Uh, Beautiful. Beautiful. (laughs) I was like, should I say something? I'm like, I just said that, but whatever. (laughs) I had a whole intro about you, but okay. (laughs) Um, So I'm a clinical nutritionist. I have a Bachelor of Health Science in Nutritional Medicine. Um, I'm currently doing my, another undergrad in Nutrition and Dietetics uh, Honours Program at the moment at the University of Wollongong. Uh, I've got two kids. They are both boys and Brady's three and a half and Bowie is one. Handful. Very busy. Um, I practice uh, just privately out of liqueur on Wednesday and just do online stuff. Um, but is that yeah, a, That's a wellness centre, isn't it? Uh, yes. So, so what do you do there? See, Just see clients, just practice yeah. privately. Yeah. Um, so just seeing clients one-on-one. And what else do I do? That's about it. That's that's enough. Yeah, stop it there, please.
0: I'm getting embarrassed. (laughs) Downgraded. (laughs) Well, on today's episode, I wanted to get in depth about gut health. So if anyone follows my channel, you'd know I'm extremely passionate towards gut health and spreading the awareness in why that is so important. So I did want to bring you on today's episode to give some qualified advice in why gut health is so important. So first question is... Is why is gut health so important for everyone?
1: Gosh, gut health is an extremely important pillar of our health. It's basically the foundation of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so our digestive tract is responsible for obviously breaking down foods, um, so the digesting proteins, fats, carbohydrates, and then the digestion of that food then breaks away macro, um, the macronutrients and micronutrients, which yeah. is then absorbed um, and assimilated throughout the body, so it's an extremely important aspect of health. Um, is it true that it's your second brain? Like I've, <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah it is, that's crazy. Yes. So uh, in our guts, we've got our um, enteric nervous yep. system, which mm-hmm. is basically what they call the second brain. Yep. It's also our second line of defence. Yep. Our stomach, uh, our hydrochloric acid in our stomach is um, obviously. An acid, So it's got a pH of 2. Uh, on the pH scale, it goes from 2 until 14. So it's basically uh, equivalent to battery acid. That's how acidic our stomach is. And that is responsible for um, killing off any kind of bacteria that does get through our mouth. So it's a second line of defence, uh, which is really important for fighting off pathogens and stuff. Yeah, crazy.
0: Like that, it does make, it makes so much sense yeah. because... When I have, like, a flare-up within my stomach, I it's like I can feel acid going around. Yeah. Because um, for my listeners who don't know, which majority of you would, I have struggled with irritable bowel syndrome in the past and... It is when I have a flare-up. So a flare-up is something when if I've had a food that really inflames my stomach and triggers it, my stomach will flare-up. And it, when people are like, what does it feel like? I'm like, it actually feels like acid rolling around in my yeah. stomach. Like I get bloated. It affects my like my mental state. I get extremely tired. Yes. Like so tired. I
1: always have to like have a nap after a flare-up. It could be um, because of, you know, when your gut is reacting to these certain foods, it can become quite inflamed. Mm. So that can impede the process of absorbing nutrients, mm. which is, you know, essential for making energy. It's exactly. essential for, um, you know, the vi- vitamins and minerals and stuff are all cofactors within energy yeah. production yeah. and making our neurotransmitters, which is important for our neurological function.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it does. It honestly makes so much sense. Like I even heard that like your gut takes up like a certain amount of percentage of your body's energy. So obviously if your gut is not, you know, like acting at its normal rate or like just like you have good gut health, it's like taking so much of your body's energy to like help the gut and digest food. Of course,
1: yeah. Yeah. Everything in your body takes up a lot of energy. Mm. Um, Your brain is actually the largest reservoir of or takes up 20% of your Overall daily energy, your brain does. Yeah, your brain.
0: I know. <laughs> there are certain like things that um, my listeners or myself can do like every single day for short term and long term to improve our gut health?
1: Definitely. So. One or a few of the main sort of things that are the most simple that you can do would be manage your stress, yeah. increase uh, the variety and diversity of plant-based foods. So basically just increasing your plant consumption. So yeah. aiming for a minimum of 30 different plants yeah. each week, mm-hmm. uh, managing your stress, prioritising sleep and also exercise. Yeah, um, And another important one that... Gets overlooked quite easily, and um, regularly is chewing your food. Mm. Never underestimate the power of fully chewing your food. Mm. That mastication process is what. Um, well, you're taking the energy
0: away from your digestive system because you're kind of like helping it digest by chewing. Well,
1: yeah, chewing is the initial stage yeah. of breaking that food down. Mm. So it's the mechanical process that mm. begins that digestive process. Mm.
0: And there's definitely like certain things that I've like incorporated in my day-to-day habit that have like improved my digestion, like making sure I sit down whilst eating food. Like like little little habits like that honestly help so much. And like I notice as well that if I would drink like a juice or something with my food, it would like – it would mess up my digestion so much more, it would make me extremely bloated. So just certain things that I've become aware of within my own body – that have affected, like, my gut in the past. And I just kind of, like, I have trial and error when it comes to my gut. So that's something that I would just suggest for everyone is just...
1: And that's exactly right. Everybody with um, your digestive concerns, no two cases are ever the same. Um, IBS, in particular, is a functional disorder. So there are... It's multifactorial in uh, the sense of what can cause it. Yeah, yeah. So with
0: IBS... Is, like, is IBS and, like, good gut health, like gut health, is that the same thing? Like, because I know that, like, you could have good gut health but have Irritable bowel Syndrome. Is that correct?
1: Um, IBS can be caused from a multitude of different things. Yeah. It could be stress-induced. It could be, uh, you know, a food hypersensitivity. Yeah. It could be from altered serotonin signalling, which is uh, to do with your gut-brain axis. Yeah. It could be alterations in your microbiome, which is your gut flora. So that's the uh, beneficial bacteria in your gut. So that can also be altered by a number of things. Lifestyle (laughs) and dietary. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the diet that you eat can largely impact your microbiome. Drinking alcohol, stressing, all of these things. things. There's so many things that can impact your gut health.
0: Yeah. I think I, like, fast forward here a little bit, um... With the, like, long, like, is there any, like, long-term habits that people can put into their,
1: like, day-to-day life that could help them with their gut health? I feel like in terms of doing long-term goals or, you know, long-term strategies for good gut health, I feel like nailing those... Like the fundamentals, fundamentals yeah, that yeah. I mentioned before, are and don't extremely, complicate. Extremely, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. need to be complicated. And also, it's really being refreshing intuitive to with what is going on for you. Yeah. you know, taking the time to have that awareness. If you are feeling a flare up, or if mm. you are getting bloated, and um, you know it is after a particular food, or yeah. it is around a particular time. You know, for example, if you are going through something stressful. Yeah having the awareness around that is what is extremely important to mm. be able to minimise that trigger yeah. for your gut health. Yeah. So that's that's generally the most suggested thing that I would do uh, when it comes to people suffering with IBS it is being really in tune with what's happening and then it's a step step step-by-step process of elimination and I don't know recognition towards treating that yeah like when I um first like figured out I
0: had irritable bowel syndrome what was recommended was actually journal like what was triggering me and then journal when I had it like literally journal everything and I found that that gave me a lot of clarity in, like, you know, timing of the day or what certain foods that I had, and that was able to help me kind of narrow down what was actually affecting me. Because at the start, I thought everything was affecting me, but it was just certain combinations of food or what I was adding in or when I was having it, and you know, stress. Like I figured out like later on that stress just played a huge part in stress my
1: gut. Stress is massive, yeah,
0: and it can like come hand in hand because like when someone struggles with a bad gut, they stress about getting bloated just before they're about to eat, so it's kind of like they're causing it for themselves
1: without even knowing. Yeah, exactly. And also with stress in our body, we've got our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So our sympathetic Mm. nervous system is the fight-or-flight response. So in, in our ancestral times, we perceived what well, when we were stressed was it was because of a per- perceived threat yeah yeah so we perceived stress a stressful situation now as if I don't know we're being chased after by a lion yeah exactly you know yeah um, so your body kind of acts the same as that so we haven't throughout we we haven't evolved yeah. enough for our body to understand the difference we could get a stressful email or yeah. Have a fight with your boyfriend. boyfriend. Literally anything, yeah. Could literally be anything, but our body doesn't understand the difference between those stresses. It responds in the same way. So that's the activation of the sympathetic nervous system. Yeah. And the activation of the sympathetic nervous system directs our energy away from our digestive system and towards larger muscles group muscle groups. It increases respiration, which is our uh, breathing capacity, yeah. it increases our heart rate, our blood pressure. Oh,
0: my God. Um, so it's, it's basically taking all the energy away from your gut to do its thing. That's exactly right. It can't do its right. thing anymore because it's going everywhere else. That's
1: right. It, it makes so, so much sense. Yeah, and when we, uh, you know, are relaxed, that's the parasympathetic nervous system yeah. being activated. So it's basically the opposite of the sympathetic nervous system. Yeah. It's... Um, Basically all of the energy is directed towards our digestive system and when we are relaxed, our sphincters can relax throughout the digestive tract and motility can increase. Yeah, yeah. Or improve. Improve.
0: Close. (laughs) What are things that people, like, should avoid in their day-to-day life for their gut? So, like, to improve their gut health, what should they avoid?
1: Um, it depends if you are somebody who does suffer from IBS. Yeah. There are a few common triggers when it does come to IBS and that can be things like coffee or spicy food, dairy, because it contains lactose, which is um, a FODMAP. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure you're well aware yeah. of what FODMAP. Like I kind are. of have like
0: garlic and like certain yes, fruits and yes, stuff because exactly, it's so because they're really high in the high, FODMAP. Yeah. yeah. Mm.
1: So FODMAP stands for fermented, oligosaccharide, disaccharide, monosaccharide, and polyols. So these... Oh, my
0: God. These are the words I always try to pronounce. <laughs> I'm like, I can't have this because it's high <laughs> in I'm so glad you got that out.
1: <laughs> so they are a group of carbohydrates. Yeah, yeah. Um, the names differ with their chemical structure. Yeah. So um, basically it's... It depends what is in it. It could be glucose or um, sucrose. Anyway, I'm not going to get into the chemistry of it. Yeah, it's extremely complex. It's very complex.
0: I just did want to add for my listeners, if you are interested, interested to learn more about like FODMAP and what foods are high and low in the FODMAP, so basically what foods are high are foods that can trigger you and foods that are low are foods that are safe. So there is an actual app that you can download I think it is free. I don't remember. The last time I downloaded it was two years ago, but it's called the FODMAP app. And you just type up the food and it will tell you what it is high in. So that blue, <laughs> it could be high <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like whatever. And it will actually have red is like, you know, it could trigger you. Green most is safe. Most probably will. Yeah, most yeah, probably will. In that yeah, in, yes. It also, what I'm glad you added that. It has, um, you can, like, for an avocado, it says that you can have like a certain gram before it's high in the obligable levels in fibers,
1: In the, fibers, <laughs> in yeah, the, the fibers, fibers, thank
0: you. Okay, <laughs> let's just keep it at fibers. Simple fiber, Chris. Yeah, so we can, it's, it's a really helpful app. I did use that at the start of me trying to um, test out foods that can trigger me and that foods that are safe. Um, but yeah, I highly do recommend. This app, um,
1: it's developed by uh, the Monash University as well. Yeah. So this is actually an app that I use in practice. Yeah, amazing. It's, it's yeah. a really, really good resource. Yeah,
0: yeah. But, like, I would recommend as well. This is what I did for my gut is not to take it to heart, and you don't need to avoid these foods forever.
1: That's exactly right. So usually, with conducting or not conducting, but implementing a lower FODMAP diet. It is – we generally would implement this diet for a short period of time to remove the insult, to allow your gut the time it needs to heal itself – Because if you are continuing to eat that food and it is causing an irritation, that's just constant inflammation happening in your digestive tract. So you just need to give your gut the time it needs to heal and then when you do reintroduce that food... May not even affect you anymore. Yeah,
0: because you've given your time, you've given your something that time to not be so inflamed and so hypersensitive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it gives it time to kind of create a, t- a tolerance to yeah, that food if exactly. you incorporate in a slow amount. And that's basically what I did. I just became aware of what triggered me. Um, reduce them, like, so I wasn't eating them. Like, I just took them out of my diet, like, uh, the elimination. And then I slowly started to incorporate them back in in small amounts. And now I'm honestly completely fine. Like, I, I can have nearly anything apart from garlic. Whew, I, whew, don't even get me started on what garlic does. <laughs> but honestly, apart from garlic, I can have everything now. And, like, I'm coming from someone who... Uh, everything would set me off yeah. back You were the chronic. Yeah, RBS yeah. IBS And it was just really because my gut was constantly inflamed.
1: Yeah. And whenever I would have anything, it was already triggered and anything was just scented it off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Once it is in that inflamed and irritated state, yeah. it's sort of hard to kind of give it, you know, the time it needs to repair when it is... Just so constantly exactly being insulted
0: yeah. over yeah. and over. Yeah, exactly. Um, going back to gut health, what are like ingredients when people are going like shopping and looking for food? What ingredients do they avoid?
1: So it this is a difficult question because everybody is so individual. Yeah. Yeah and not no two people will react the same exactly, to yeah these particular fibres. But the most common ones that we do tend to see an irritation or a reaction towards is um, the higher FODMAP group, so definitely onion and garlic, spicy foods. Yeah. um, Because of the – there's a compound in them called capsaicin, which – Irritates the gut linings, so that's what you know. If you eat too much chili, or yeah, yeah, it, it can cause diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so that's from from that mm. chemical compound. Um, those in when you are buying packaged foods, so for example, there are lots of protein bars on the markets, and some of them can contain these fibers as an additive. Um, so that's the the FODMAP group. So the oligosaccharides, disaccharides, monosaccharides and polyols. Mm. Polyols are also high, they're, they're sugar alcohols and they're mm. also what's high in breath mints and chewing gum. That's why it says if you, you know, eat too much of these I can't have chewing gum. I mean, it actually affects gum. me so much, my exactly. gut. It makes me so bloated and it hurts my stomach. It's because of the polyols in it. Yeah. Yes.
0: Wow. I yeah. never really thought of that. I. Yeah. yeah. That's actually crazy. I And I remember if I would have, like, too many protein bars as well or, like, when I was trying to heal my gut, I actually um, cut um, artificial protein out of my diet altogether and I found yeah. that helped so much.
1: Yeah. And also with particular proteins, if you uh, – whey, whey protein is made from dairy, so yeah. that can be – you know, another trigger. Yeah. Just in a different form. Exactly. Even though it yeah. is hydrolyzed, it can still cause the same effect. Yeah, yeah
0: exactly. Because
1: it's still contained. I'm not going to actually say that because yeah. I'm not 100% sure.
0: Yeah, okay. Just <laughs> <kept> it out. It's <laughs> fine. It's <No>, no. yeah. <laughs> fine.
1: So, <laughs> not going to add that point.
0: <laughs> not going to add. <laughs> so, is gut health just affected by food or like lifestyle as well? I know that we said stress, but like, for example, can exercising too much like, affect your gut? Or not exercising at all? like
1: Exercise has been shown to be really, um, really, really good for a lot of aspects of gut health. Can be because it has such a positive effect on our mental health um, in increasing endorphins, which, you know, makes us feel good. It makes us be able to tolerate stresses better. Yeah. So it can be from that aspect and also not exercising enough it, it's one of those seesaw things, isn't it? It's like too much of anything can be a bad thing and not enough of anything yeah. can be a bad thing. Exactly. So exercising the right amount, uh, amount yeah. for you and what works for you mm. is always beneficial for so many different areas of life.
0: I actually did hear something interesting and, like, I... I remembered it when you were talking about fight or flight, how your body goes into fight or flight. Well, I was reading
1: something about the gut, and it was saying it's also important to rest to digest. Exactly. Yeah, and it's, that's that can be, um, you know, coming back to that redu- re- impact in reducing stress. So, or and your like exercise is a form to of be stress. Able, well, it is, but it can also increase your. Um, oh my gosh, what are they called? What did I just say before? Endorphins. They can yeah, inc- increase your endorphins. Yeah. Exercise can increase your endorphins. Yeah. So that can also assist with your tolerance yeah. to stress. Yeah, and exactly. And then if you're reducing your stress that way, then that gives rise to your parasympathetic yeah. nervous system, which is the rest and digest. Yeah. So that can be how that's tied in. It just comes down to balance, really, and it trial does. and error. It really mm-hmm. does. And it also... Uh, you know, if you are living sort of a lifestyle where you do eat out a lot and you do drink a lot of alcohol yeah. and, uh, you know, alcohol in excess, yeah, that that can be you know a lifestyle impact yeah. on our guts. Yeah, exactly, definitely. Um, but you know, if you are drinking alcohol and eating out and stuff within moderation and as part of a healthy lifestyle, yeah. it's that's also a good impact. Yeah, you know, socially with your lifestyle. Exactly.
0: Um, can your gut affect your mental health?
1: Yes. Yeah, so this is exactly what I was just talking about before. Mm-hmm. So this is the bi-directional relationship between your gut and your brain with the sympathetic nervous system, the parasympathetic nervous system, and how that affects our gut motility and, yeah. you know, what, where our energy is being directed in our body. Um, and, like, I remember if I had a
0: flare-up, it would affect my mental state so much because I was just drained and I just felt crappy all the time. Like I was, could 100% say I was going through some form of depression when I was mm-hmm. struggling with my gut. Yeah. It kind of just all went hand in hand.
1: Yeah, and also serotonin is a really big factor with mental health. So yeah. serotonin is our – it's a neurotransmitter, but it's also a hormone that is our – Basically, what they call our happy hormone. Yeah. So that's the hormone that kind of makes you feel like, you know, that sense of happiness and good. Yeah. Exactly. So, actually, ninety-five percent of our serotonin is within our gut. It's actually produced in our gut. Yeah. I know it's wild, Um, and it stimulates the enteric nervous system to initiate peristalsis. So that's the action of our, the, the basically the motility of our digestion.
0: Whoo, there's a lot of big words in here. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I'm about like, that. take it all in, take it all <laughs> in. <laughs> um,
1: so too much yeah. serotonin can cause diarrhea, and not enough serotonin can cause constipation. Oh wow! So, I've got to have that happy medium. Yeah, find that balance is that your balance again?
0: <laughs> just chucking <laughs> me sluggo in whenever I can it doesn't even like fit in but I'm like find your balance <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs>
1: uh, yes but so that serotonin being a part of you know our mental health yeah. and also being a part of our gastrointestinal function mm. it's really important so that's the sort of bidirectional impact that your gut has on your mental health and your mental health has on your gut. So it's really, really interrelated. Um, and it's super interesting. It's very intricate and there's still, you know, a lot more that we do have to learn throughout research. Um, but yeah, it definitely is an extremely interesting topic. Yeah, it really is. And like
0: by, by listening to what you're saying, it, Does sound complex, but then, like what we were saying before, it really just comes down to the fundamentals. If you look after the
1: fundamentals, and also I didn't mention it before, but drinking enough water.
0: Oh, wow. Well. Oh, my gosh. You need to tell me that twice because I'm bad, real bad. Oh, yeah. get that water into you. Yeah, I know, I know. Really? I know. Give you a smack. I'm someone who, like, I literally wee, like, 15 times a day when I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually here drinking some champagne awesome and I'm like, champagne? yeah, I'm like, this should be water, but you know what? Crack a bubbly.
1: Well, it is, does have some water in it. It's
0: yeah, funny. see? Exactly. <laughs> I'm good today. I had an iced coffee. It had water in that. <laughs> it did. That yeah. is. Yes, yeah. that's true it's, yeah there's people just, do
1: underestimate how much water is in the foods we eat and you know having a like cup of fruit, tea yeah. or even a coffee for example that fluid is still contains a lot exactly. of water so it's not i'm actually it's not doing, doing okay <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: champagne is this i'm hydrating me <laughs> so there's another question that um i really want to ask you and it's can you heal ibs
1: you definitely can heal ibs um but it definitely still comes back to that awareness, understanding mm-hmm. what those triggers are. Because if you don't know what the triggers are, how are you supposed to fix the problem? If you don't know what the problem yeah. is, so that's um, that's also a lot about you know nutrition and what I like to do is it's no good just saying, you know, I've got IBS, here you go, go and do this. It's about the investigative process of understanding what or why is this happening and understanding that why, you then know what it is you need to yeah. fix. Yeah. So some people can be, uh, you know, it can literally be as simple as they don't sit down to eat their food, yeah. they don't chew their food yeah. enough, it could be those insulting foods that we were talking about, the FODMAP group. Eating too um, quickly.
0: like Exactly, yeah, eating so too quickly.
1: Things, yeah. The stress around yeah, it.
0: Huh, yeah, that's something that I definitely did struggle with, just stressing yes. about having an affected gut and then that would, the stress would affect my gut and then, oh, yeah, yeah. It's just like a ball
1: of stress. Exactly. An affected gut. <laughs> but also, you know, the, uh, the microbiome as well. Yeah. So the bacterial diversity, which again comes back to the different plants that you eat, you know, those fibers that are not absorbed into your body, they go down through your digestive tract into your large bowel where they are fermented by yeah. the bacteria the colonic bacteria yeah. in there. So having giving them enough fiber is what will um, give you a really robust Mm. microbiome. But when we do things like stress and, you know, drink too much alcohol, eat too much refined foods... It that can it impact our yeah. microbiome too. So, so, like, it may not affect it at that moment in time, yeah, but it it's affecting, a thing. yeah, it's affecting, like you said, your gut microbiome, which that's right. then in, like, later on. It's very on. transient, the microbiome as well. Yeah. Uh, there's still a lot we don't know about the microbiome. There's yeah. so much research, um, you know, that's being conducted all the time at the moment. But, yeah, it's a very interesting topic as well and understanding the impacts that that has on you know, our digestive health. Mm. And also before, when I was talking about the FODMAPs um, and how they can impact us is when they do go through the digestive process and they're not absorbed, they then go uh, into our, or they can increase osmotic pressure, which is basically drawing water into the digestive, sorry, the small intestine. yeah, And then that is what can increase intestinal water and then that's what causes diarrhoea. Yeah. Um, those fibres as well, if they aren't absorbed, which I'm going to start that a little bit again. Yeah, that's fine. When those uh, undigested carbohydrates go through to the large bowel, they undergo fermentation and that fermentation from the colonic bacteria produces short-chain fatty acids and... The byproducts, which can be carbon dioxide, mm-hmm. uh, methane gas, and hydrogen gas, which is what can cause the bloating yeah. and the flatulence. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's it's a really tricky tricky condition to treat mm. because no two people are the same. You know what affects me might not affect you, and what affects you might not affect me. So it's keeping it simple, understanding what it is that's you know, being the biggest trigger for you and either removing that to allow yourself the time to heal. Yeah. Um,
0: Yeah, that's really what – I love that you've just – simplified it like you know no matter what I read I'll listen to so many podcasts there's so many articles and they're like here are a list of things that you can do and it's like a thousand things that are good for your gut health have fermented foods drink your kombucha do this this this. this, and then don't do this and it's like another huge list and it's so complicated so I love that you've just been like it's just focused on this
1: yeah that's right I feel like it's just too overwhelming for people when you say here go and do this and all of these different things when it's all comes down to understanding and awareness you know if you understand what the problem is you can fix it exactly problem solution yeah.
0: understanding your own problem um so what is something you add in to your routine every single day to assist in your own good gut health
1: Oof. well i mean i haven't said it enough today but exercise <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say drink water i thought you said that one more but drink whatever water. Drink
0: water
1: exercise eat yeah the minimum i i would my the diversity of fruit and vegetables and plant foods that I eat in my diet is extremely varied. Yeah. Um I, I'm have a really you know. you eat really good. Your food. Yeah, is I eat really well, and I have a really, you know, strong conscious awareness of the amount of different foods, like yeah, the, basically the diversity. Because I I know that the more diverse my diet is, the Better my micro, my microbiome. A hundred percent. He's gonna love me. The more you know? that the more variety of food I've been having, the you scratch my back, oh,
0: I'll scratch yours. You know? hundred <laughs> percent, honey. But it, it it just makes so much sense. Like yeah. I don't want to live a life where I have to restrict food groups in order Absolutely to. Absolutely not. Yeah, like it Nobody kind of, does. It makes your gut weak. Yeah. It's like you know, it's like a child kind of thing. If you're not letting your child experience the world, it's going to become weak, and they're not going to be able
1: to tolerate things. It's, yeah. Gut's the exact same thing. Exactly. Exactly. It's just all about understanding and then, you know, I don't trial know, and like, error. Trial and error. Yeah, trial and error. Cutting no, never that down. way. Having
0: a little gut diary, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, my last question to you is what does find your balance mean to you? So,
1: find your balance is my slogan, like we said a thousand times in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, what does it mean to you? Um, I feel like find your balance to me means freedom. Yeah. Definitely. It means surrendering to control, it means love that. Having you know the balance of life, not being too strict, not being too hard on yourself, it's that's that to me, finding your balance is is freedom. It's freedom of all yeah. those things. yeah you just took the words right out of my mouth like absolute (laughs) drop mark
0: like wow bravo Dal, bravo no but thank you so much for coming on to this episode it was really good to kind of get some science behind the gut that is something that I am so into so you really did get in depth and it's I know a lot of my audience are gonna love this so thank you so much and thank you to all my listeners listening in so if anyone wants to find your socials where can they find
1: you at so my Instagram handle is uh, at Bridget Hunt. I swear there's an underscore. underscore. Yeah, I was going to say, yes, there's an underscore there in there an somewhere. There is underscore at the back. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Excellent. And my website is.
0: You can find it, that in you your remember. bio. Yeah, yeah, it's it's link to Instagram. Amazing. Thanks, Dal. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in on this episode. I'll see you in my next one. Bye.